Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Back to throw versus Danny. Back to throw versus Danny. Back to throw uh, welcome to a Friday episode of Off the Bench with Canell and Bell. Uh, we've got David Sampson riding shotgun again today. Um, I can't help but just be blinded by that piece of jewelry uh, on your right finger over there. What what would that be? Let me explain what happens. When you're the last team standing at the end of a season, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with I it. I am not. I understand. Uh, actually, I, I CBA. Yeah, in the CBA. I don't know hey, if it counts. Hey. Yes, thank you. By the way, that counts. Thank you. Good. So what you do is you get a championship ring. This you, is the series with the Marlins, and it was fun. So I was a fan of this team. I was cheering for you guys. Man, that's got a lot of diamonds. How how much of a role did you play in the design of that ring? I actually worked with the GM at the time, Larry Beinfest, and we came up with what's called the Ring Rules. Yeah. It is a book of about a 100 rules of who gets a ring, what kind of ring they get, because there was an A, B, and C ring. Really? This is the A ring. We had a player grieve. The union grieved because we gave him a B ring. And he wanted an A ring. Why would a player? Toby Borland, are you out there? Toby. You don't have an A ring. I, I I mess with you, Toby. Why wouldn't a player get an A ring though? Under what circumstances? He didn't have enough would... service time during the season. Uh... He did it according to service time when you were with the team. He wasn't yeah. on the playoff roster at all, so he grieved. I had to testify in a grievance. Wow. And he ended up winning the value of the ring, but not getting the ring itself. Uh, that's that's tough. I take the I take something. Though. I take something's better than nothing. I was so lucky my first time around with the Sixers, two thousand and one. I played on a team. Uh, for like 10 days before we went into the finals, I mean, to the playoffs, they gave me a full playoff share, those dudes did. So for I. 10 days? Yeah, I got blessed. Now I played the whole playoffs, but I was only on uh, the roster 10 days prior to the but playoffs. If you play the playoffs, you get a full share. Jeff Conine did that for us in 03. Full playoff share. He came in August 31st, got a full share. Super dope. Okay, we got a good show, man. We've got some NFL preseason, uh, that took place last night. Some of it coming up this weekend. There have been some suspensions in Major League Baseball and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, did you watch any of the games last night? I mean, it is preseason. I watched some baseball. I watched some riveting preseason. Here's what I do. I watch four downs yeah. per game. Per game. That's all I can give you. Not per team, but I wait per game. Per game. Okay. I wait for the first injury, yeah. and then I'm done. And then you're tuned out. Well, you got one last night. Um, the, fir- the first game on the slate was the Eagles and the Patriots. I mean, look, you're not going to take a whole lot away. You want to see Tom Brady. He looked good. He was 19 for 26, 172 yards, two TDs. I mean, the dude's 57 years old. He's still doing it. Uh, but that wasn't the storyline. The storyline was something that Danny is always talking about here, um, and it's about rolling out your first-string quarterback. And in this case, it was their second string, but kind of like their their 2B, I mean 1B, if you will. Foles got him a ring. Go, Foles got him a ring, and he goes down last night with the shoulder injury on the strip sack. Like. Here's the thing. When you're a quarterback, you can't go half-ass, right? Because if you play not to get injured, you're going to get injured. So you have to in the preseason. It's just part of the game. We used to hate that in spring training, worrying about players getting hurt. But what are you going to do? Yeah. You just When you're tackled by big, fast, strong guys and you fall wrong, it's going to hurt your shoulder. You know what you do is you don't roll Nick Foles out when Carson Wentz is still coming off an ACL and you don't know what that's going to look like. You have to get him ready. Um, Because Wentz isn't a guarantee. And he didn't look sharp. I mean, he was three for nine for 44. You know who did was their third string guy, Nate Sudfeld. Who? Nate, exactly. (laughs) 22 for 39, uh, 312 yards, three TDs. Uh, and one pick. So I guess if there's a silver lining, first of all, Nick Foles isn't that badly hurt. I don't think, I think it's a, a strain for you to say. This you is, need your shoulder to throw. I'm the guy that got stung by the bee the other day. And you were barely done. do my job. Um, <laughs> the next has nothing game, to do with the bee sting. Nothing to do with the bee sting. This is purely a 5.30 <laughs> in the morning wake up that, that has me off my game. 
Um, I watched part of this one. The next one was the Redskins and the Jets. I wanted to see what Sam Darnold would look like. What hype. Yeah. What'd you think? I think that they're saying he's going to start. I think for the Jets, why wouldn't you start him? Yeah. I'm, what exactly do the Jets have to lose? Let's talk about the Jets as as a New Yorker, although I'm really in Miami now after all these years, South Floridian. Why wouldn't you just start the guy? It's not like you've been so good for so long. You know why you wouldn't? If you're Todd Bowles uh, and your job is potentially on the line and one of the other guys gives you like uh, a much better chance to win games. Uh, and I don't think that's necessarily the case. Although uh, Teddy Bridgewater, like I'm a fan of, um, but Josh McCown certainly doesn't do that. Although he's a good, he's a good player, but that's the reason you do it, right? Like, and you talk to me about that. Like you, you in the front office, you drafted a kid, you want him out there on the field, but your coach is in survival mode and he doesn't want to play him because he doesn't think he's ready. Well, Sam Darnold for me, <clears throat> he pulled an ABBA. He went to the coach and said, take a chance on me. Yeah. Because for both to be successful, you've got to take your best players with the best chance to win, not just now, but going forward. Right. You don't like a manager. That's why we didn't like managers with one year left on a contract, because it makes them act differently. Yeah. It's different in the clubhouse. They have a different voice. You want the clubhouse to have confidence in your coach or manager. But for me, I want my best 25 guys out there. Yeah. And Sam Darnold gives the Jets, I think, the best chance to win. That's why he should be playing. No, he's got something to him, and he looked good last night. He was 8, eight for 11 for 62 yards, but I mean, that doesn't tell the story. Like, there was some Aaron Rodgers-esque type of plays where he's off-platform, he's outside the pocket, um, he's making plays with his legs to make a play with his arm, which is pretty cool to watch. He, you know, he had the one pick... Uh, you know, what are you gonna do? I mean, that happens. You're trying to, you're trying to get the first so down. So hard to evaluate. Yeah. Season. It's like evaluating during spring training or during NBA preseason. It's really hard to evaluate players because do you know for a fact who the defenders were out? No. Were they showing the schemes that Correct. they're gonna show during the regular season? Were they even doing the offensive plays they're gonna do during the season? So for me, I'm looking for competence. Right. When we're trying to choose a team. And I think Darnold has it. Darnold has it. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater looked good also. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's just kind of using the platform to maybe get the stock up a little bit. I don't imagine he winds up there. Um, I mean, maybe he starts game one or game two in, in New York, but I, I do agree with you that Darnold's the guy. Alex Smith, uh, looked pretty good. He was sharp early in the game. And then you had the Packers and the Steelers. Um, the report, I guess the big news out of that, uh, is that the Packers and, and Aaron Rodgers are creeping closer to a new deal. He's up in 2020. Um, talk about, like, talk as, about as wanting to maintain. I'm trying to think about what that means. Right. I was reading that. Creeping closer. Here's how it works with someone like Aaron Rodgers. When you have a Hall of Fame player who's been the man on your team for as many years as Aaron's been there, there's no creeping closer. You're away from a deal and then you're at a deal. Right. It's not as though 20 million guaranteed, I'm at 10. Then we go to 15. We settle at 17. That's creeping closer. You do that with less proven players. I think with Rodgers, there's a number Rodgers wants. He tells the Packers what it is, and the Packers give it to him. Right. So I think they'll just be a deal, so I don't really buy into the creeping closer. Yeah, I hear you, man. Story. But creeping closer, I mean, I guess... If you're, if you're, if you're them though, you want to get Aaron Rodgers locked up. His backup looked good too. Deshaun Kaiser, I didn't even realize he was in, um, I didn't even realize he was in Green Bay. Like he had come from Cleveland, but he looked pretty good, which is gotta be. I think Rodgers gets to play in Green Bay until he says he's done. All right. Let me do this read, right? I'm not good at these, but bear with me, okay? I'm going to be quiet. All right. Only with NFL Game Pass, you get every out of market preseason game live. 
Kirk Cousins and Case Keenum battling out in Week 1. The Super Bowl rematch between the Eagles and the Patriots in Week 2. Sam Darnold versus Saquon Barkley in Week 3. It all happens this preseason live with NFL Game Pass. You're doing great. Thank you. I'm most excited to watch the 49ers-Texans game this preseason without a doubt. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's a healthy Deshaun Watson. I want to see what his uh, progression is. I want to see if Jimmy G is worth you know all this hype. And with the NFL Game Pass, I can watch the 49ers-Texans game live if I'm out of market. If I miss the game, I can replay it after it's aired. Whatever game you want to watch this preseason, you'll need NFL Game Pass to do so if you're out of market. Uh, Gruden's return to Oakland, week one. Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, week two. Patrick Mahomes takes on Mitchell Trubisky in week three. Make sure to watch all the action this preseason with the NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2018 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Sign up now at NFL.com backslash off the bench uh, game on. Wow. You like that? That right? was a read. You didn't even say insert game. Didn't even. I, that was unreal, and I was so distracted because we have a roach in this. I studio. saw that thing earlier. It's a roach. You can't be affected by that, bro. Like, see, this is like you're these not are like fans. By these a are like roach. fans when I'm on the free throw line. I saw it before. Like, I was in mid sentence. I caught it out of my peripheral because I can see my man in the ball. Right? Like, you gotta be able to do that. God, I'm so impressed. I didn't even break stride. And you were pointing at that during my read. Like, what did you think you were? I thought I was going to bite you because you get stung by stuff all the time. <laughs> There's a flying roach in the studio. You're reading the longest read in the history of reads. That was a long read. I already. By the way, I ordered NFL Game Pass during the while read, I was and I watched a game. <laughs> That's what I got done during. Oh, all during my read. That's fantastic. All right. all right, let's keep it moving, man. Let's get to some Major League Baseball. What a day! Yeah. Day. Uh, so uh, the biggest news of the day um, was this unwritten type of rule thing. Uh, you have Marlins pitcher Jose Urania who's suspended for six games uh, for intentionally, I mean, I don't know how they deem it was intentional because the Marlins have come out and have denied that till they're blue well, in the face. Well, you have to deny it. Okay. You never go out and say, yeah, I was throwing it. Yeah, game. but then how can you discern? This was always a problem for me. Like, it happened to me with the NBA. Like, if I'm telling you I didn't do it on purpose, like, what in the video could you unequivocally say that he did that on purpose and it warranted a six-game suspension. Because if you look at the first pitch, listen, Urena opened the season. He hit two batters in the first inning against the Cubs in the first game of the major league. He is wild, correct? He is totally wild. His fastball runs inside. I had him, so I know this. Here's the thing. It's situational. Acuna had hit three leadoff home runs, and you wanted to get him off the plate. Right. Urena is the perfect picture to get someone <laughs> off the plate. Who would want to be in the plate against him? Because you have no idea where the ball is going to go. Yeah. But it went, if you look at the video, it went right at him. And this whole thing is happening. I'm getting pilloried on Twitter, by the way, <laughs> by you. You and your 40 followers are crushing me. All I said was, Acuna, Matata, basically put his elbow he in the way. He ducked into it, right? Now, Urena was going for the numbers. That's where you hit a guy. Yeah. You hit him in the numbers, you hit him in the backside. Yeah. I'm not saying you ever try to hurt a guy, and I didn't want him to get hit on the elbow, but Acuna did that. Did Urena do it purposefully? No one's going to admit it on the Marlins. Not the manager, not the general manager, not the owner, not the players, not Urena himself. You don't, but everybody knows that they were trying to hit him and they hit him. So this is interesting to me because he got a six-game suspension, but because he's a pitcher... He may not even miss a start. Well, if you have a six-man rotation, he may not have to miss a start. He's going to appeal that. It may go down to five in an appeal. So the theory is when pitchers get that suspension, that's missing one start. And for them, that's the equivalent because they only get 30 starts a year. Right. So you're missing one-thirtieth of the season. 
So for him, that's a major suspension, especially he's going into arbitration. He, uh, he wants bulk. He wants extra starts. People are complaining they wanted 10, 15, 20 games. That's Come ridiculous. on. How many, how are MLB players paid? Are they paid per game? Per day of the championship season. Per day of the championship yes, season. There's 183 days of the season. Okay, so that, that could affect, I mean, even though he misses one start, he's missing well, five or six, six paychecks. Six games, yeah, six, six days game. of pay. Got it. Um, okay, another suspension handed out. Yasiel Puig was suspended two games for his role in a bench clearing brawl on Tuesday. Did you see the video of that? I did see the video. Like, so what? terrible. He is in my whole career. I'm going to say it right now. Oh, boy. Get ready. Breaking news. Hold on. Okay. Do we have some breaking the news? The worst person I ever came across. Yasiel Puig is in, the worst in person the, in my entire career. Like human being, the worst, the worst, like being grumpy, mean, distracted, really horrific. It's fantastic. You and, heard it here first. And by the way, on the on the what are we? The Canal Bell and Canal Bell and Samson. Samson. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Once in a while, <laughs> Samson show. Can we add the roach to that? So do you think the, yeah, what's Canal Bell? Oh, name, gone, name by the way. He was like, we're out of here. Guys are boring me. Um, Okay, he's a bad person, but like the video, it didn't like. Why? How do you suspend a guy? What what did he really do? Because you're a victim of your own reputation, and I would know, and you would know. We're all victims Mm -hmm. of what we've Mm -hmm. done. It's what you do. You create your story. He's created his story over his years in the major leagues, and it's a bad story. He's had problems with every team, everyone, every teammate. The Dodgers have tried to trade him every year, every day. Quick we were offered because he's Cuban. The thought was, hey, don't the Marlins want him? Send him to the Marlins. And we said, eh, no. You're like, no, we're good. Um, so let me tell a quick story, and this is about reputations preceding you. Andrea Bargnani used to play for the Toronto Raptors. I uh, took a charge. Like, he was running full speed down the court, and I knew he was going to post me up, right? So before he got me in the low block, this was like in a secondary break, I would have had no defense if he sealed me in the paint. So I made the d- decision at the free throw line to pick him up, put my body on him, and let him run me over because that's what big big guys want to do. Like, they're not the brightest. They're going to run you over, right? So um, he barrels over me, and I fall down. My leg winds up coming up kind of between his shorts as I roll back. So I didn't think anything of it. Neither did he. A day and a half later when we get home, I get a call from Stu Jackson saying that they're reviewing a play that I tried to kick Andre Bargnani in the balls. Um and I couldn't figure out for the life of me what he was talking about. And they sent me the play. And I was like, oh, no, dude, that wasn't – that was Not unintentional. They called Andrea Bargnani. Andrea was like, no, nah, man, he didn't try to kick me. We got no beef. Um, they suspended me anyway. And their reasoning was they couldn't be sure that I didn't try to kick Andre Bargnani in the balls. And that was purely Do you know how coordinated you have to be? Yeah. Actually plan when you're falling down to get your leg to scissor kick in between his legs. I should have had you on my team. I, I could have defended you, my... you against Stewie. Oh God, Stu, don't even bring that. Don't, I don't, I can't believe I said I was this. always distracted by the little tuft of gray hair. <laughs> Very distracting when I'm trying to negotiate with All him. All right. He used to be an NBA manager. Uh, we're going to talk, our general manager. We're going to move on and to a segment called Read and React, where we got Daryl Morey, who's now the general manager of uh, the Houston Rockets. And this is on the Warriors adding DeMarcus Cousins, all right? He says they'll probably figure out how to make it work, but it's a little bit hard on paper to figure out how to make it work. But we do that well, and so do they, obviously. They're going to be a tough out again, obviously. They're arguably the best team in NBA history. They're on their path to maybe be able to make that argument. This is what he said on the Dan Patrick show. His quotes are really hard to read, by the way. Two plus two is four. I find his quote to be not even worthy of a response, only in that, I mean, reacting to this, I'm thinking, what? I'd rather talk about the beer mile (laughs) than talk about this quote, Coca. What's the beer mile? 
The beer mile is when you actually run a mile and you have to drink a beer every lap. Oh, every I thought it was like mile you have to drink a full beer, like a bar, and people a bar crawler, like, like five like, minutes, geez, four and a half minute miles. Instead, we're talking about the GM of the Rockets commenting that the Warriors are a tough out. Like, I think he's mixing metaphors. Yeah, like, but dude, In baseball, a this, tough out. What does that mean? Pretty corny, Mister Mori. I mean, no stuff that uh they're one, arguably one of the best teams in history, and they figure it out. And yeah, Demarcus Cousins. I am interested to see though. I am interested to see how they work him in. How they work him in because Boogie is not your average bear. Like he's not. He's not your average personality that'll come in there. To some degree, Kevin Durant is, even though he is possibly one of the top two players in the NBA right now. Or malleable, right? Yeah, he can I fit agree. in. He can. You could drop him in. I think uh, even culturally and personality wise, he could fit into a lot of different situations. Boogie is like a culture driving dude. But I know? think that he's going to be tempered by the fact that he's coming off injury. And yeah. going into a situation where they're the defending champions, are they three out of four years? Yeah. So he's going to try to fit in a little more than he would if he were going to a team where he was more of the focus. Well, I hope you're right because I want to see Boogie come back. I, I want to see him rehab, get that Achilles back, and hit another team. Uh, we got another. Uh, this is a former NBA player now, Paul Pierce. That You have an interesting story on Paul. So this is his take on uh, NBA player movement right now. There's no loyalty to a franchise anymore. You are not going to see a player stay with one franchise for 10 to 15 years. That's the generation we live in. 100% correct. Correct. By the way, Paul Pierce himself, he and I talked about this. I saw him recently in the City of Sin. What were you doing? I've never been in the City of Sin, oh. uh, nor is he. No, correct. But so there was someone who looked saw him there like nonetheless. Him correct. Paul Pierce, yeah. but it may not have been him. We actually didn't call each other by name because we didn't want to be there. <laughs> so no one recognized us. Right. Nothing better, right, with the six foot six. African American and a five foot five white Jewish guy sitting at a table together buddies. draws no attention. Just buddies. Zero. Yeah. It's Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. By the way, Paul, you went to teams chasing the ring at the end of your career too. Right. It's yeah, I mean So what do you what are we talking about? So Kirk I guess Witsky is unique. His sentiment though, Paul, if I'm defending Paul, and I I mean Paul and I are, are okay, so I, I guess I'll defend him <laughs> a little bit from from you today. Thank God um yes. he is he is talking about like in the prime of your career. When Paul started to move around, um, he, he asked, he asked for trades in 05 and 07. He wanted out in 2013. He was dealt to Brooklyn, uh, when he was dealt to Brooklyn. During the, the meat and potatoes of his career when he was there with Antoine Walker, like they were the Celtics. Like he was the face of the Celtics. He identified with Boston. It was his town. It was Antoine's town. Even when they got the big three in there with Kevin Garnett and, um, and Ray Allen. Ray Allen and they had Rondo. Like Paul Pierce was a Celtic. He wasn't looking for greener pastures or keeping his eyes on other situations in the NBA that, that could be more appealing and give him a better chance to win a championship. As he got long in the tooth, I think he started to do that, which you've seen in past generations of NBA Carl Malone players. did that. Carl Malone did it. Gary Payton did it. Michael Jordan even did it at the end of his career with the Wizards. So that's not, that's not as unique as today. Hold on. I'm interrupting. Yeah. Sorry. Michael Jordan, you think, was chasing rings by going? No, to the not Wizards. chasing a ring, but going, going to another team, winding oh, up just in another team. situation. Yeah, I don't mean chasing. Chicago. Yes, correct. He was not chasing. I think rings. there's two different things, right? When you're chasing a ring like Carl Malone did, versus Michael Jordan trying to hang in there and looking at his next step, is right? Going to move to the front office. But for me, Paul Pierce is saying something that's true in any sport because of the nature of free agency. And the nature of loyalty more to the front of the jersey than the back of the jersey, you have fewer and fewer players, which is why it's noteworthy when Dirk Nowitzki stays in one place for a longer period of time. And in baseball, there's very few players who have a career in one team. Very few. I've always, it's always been a, I've always had a beef with the notion that players should be loyal. 
I just have had a beef with it because, I mean, I didn't see it through your lens for most of my career. I only got the opportunity to do that um, one year in Cleveland. But I always was a fledgling, like, borderline player um, until I wasn't, right, until, like, five or six years in. But I, I, I – and no one had any loyalty to me. They gave – they couldn't nope. give two S's about me. Like if if I wasn't even living when up you to were good, it, even when I was good, they cared. Sorry. They, listen, I had I just had my second child in in Phoenix. Right, not a month before I got they trade they shipped me out. I just started a new business there. I just bought a new home there. You think Robert Sarver well, and Steve Kerr? How much we care about players and their businesses? Let me think. Oh, in their local businesses. Wait, nope, not at all. Not at all. Right. So I've always like, and while that's fine. Like, I've always cringed when I hear a fan or someone say that a player needs to be loyal because it just, the shoe doesn't. We don't expect player loyalty. My favorite thing in baseball is when people say, they're going to give you a hometown discount. <laughs> By the way, there's no such thing as a hometown discount. Players don't give it. Teams don't give it. There is no loyalty. The loyalty is to the cause. Yeah. And the cause is trying to win and trying to get rid of players a year too early instead of a year too late. No. No doubt. All right, so here's another guy in L.A., and real quick, this is, this is more of a tanking uh, conversation than a Clippers conversation. This is Steve Ballmer um, in the L.A. Times talking about the high expectations uh, versus the tanking. He says, that ain't us. No, uh no way. People can do, the, do it their way. We're going to be good our way. We're not going to show up and suck for a year, two years. <laughs> I think we got higher expectations on us than the long, than the long hard six Five, six years of absolute crap like the 76ers put in. How would we look, how could we look you guys in the eye if we did that? Okay. So what he wants to do is be mired in mediocrity forever. Yeah. If you look at the last three seasons for the Clippers, I think they've had a worse record each year for the last three. Uh, and then I read yes. you, I think that was in some of the notes we got that I Yes, was you're correct. Morning while driving to work. So I was <laughs> thinking about the fact that Balmer said that the Astros, the Cubs, the Sixers all went through it. Astros ring, Cubs ring, the Sixers are going to win a title. I love that. Team. Yeah. So what he's saying is we don't want to go through two to three years of pain to get two to three years of pleasure. I'd rather go through six years of mediocrity. God, am I glad I'm not a Clippers fan. I, bro, I hear you. And, and I'm glad I'm an Apple guy, not a Microsoft guy. You're not even mediocre right now. Like, you're bad anyway. You're bad. You're bad anyway. I think it's a terrible quote by him. Um, you know what I didn't like about that real quick was I didn't like him throwing the 76ers under the bus. Like, if you say you don't want to tank, don't tank. But there's no no need to throw I think he's stage, jealous. But you might be. Um, we have to break, don't we? We probably do, but I haven't heard it in my ear yet, so I'm going to touch on another one. <laughs> we got Aaron Judge and his recovery from a fractured wrist, David. He says, I'm not frustrated with the pace of the healing. I'm frustrated with being out. Um, the Yanks have, uh, like the Yanks without Judge since July 27th, um, 95 runs is 10th in the, in the major leagues, 32 home runs is second. I mean, but they, they haven't translated into wins. They're 10 and 9 since Aaron went out. You think our producers have died of boredom? I think they're just like, look, they're not listening to us anyway. Let, let I them think go. That they had a whole script for us. We're totally off script. They've lost their minds. That's correct. Can someone resuscitate Coca back there, please? <laughs> I'm anti-Reigns. Aaron. I'm all, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Listen, Aaron Judge, it's quite a story what's going on there. Just can we talk about the New York Yankees? Absolutely. Do you realize that they could miss the playoffs? Talk about the New York Yankees. Yeah. Do you realize that? I do. Yeah, I do. And that's incredible. Their lead is now five and a half over the Mariners to miss the playoffs. Aaron Judge can't swing a bat. Right now, their lineup is mediocre. Sanchez is still out. Stanton's trying to carry him, but I'm not going to rely on Stanton to carry me. Their pitching has been mediocre starting. They acquired these bullpen arms. They're supposed to have the greatest bullpen. And guess what? Their bullpen's been, eh. Britain's come over and been touched up two out of his three outings or three out of four. 
I'm looking at the Mariners right now, and they've got a little it factor. They're starting to play a little better after a little slump. The Athletics, I like to catch the Yankees. Yeah. They're more, they're more of a team. Yankees got a little cocky, and now that they know they can't catch the Red Sox, I think it's hurting them even more. It's going to be an interesting September. Heads will roll if they don't make the playoffs. You know whose head's going to roll if we don't get to break? Mine. So I'm going to throw it right now. I'm not even going to tell you what's up next. <laughs> well, you know, I think the thing about Aaron is we love Aaron. We'd love for him to be here. We know how important he is to this organization and to our team. But in the meantime, we feel really good about the guys that have been here. They've been working. Um, you know, certainly you want to see 99 out here, and we are proactively, you know, working towards that solution, Evan. But uh, you know, you feel thankful that the guys that are here are grinding it out, doing a great job, and, and focusing on what we can control. Um, I love that. Well, you know, I think the thing about you come out, you give a quote. You've said absolutely nothing. You've said zero. Yeah, loved it. You've given us no insight into the situation. How do you think these teammates feel? Yeah, right. <laughs> like <laughs> sweating. Correct. Um, hurt. Would well as a teammate, like that's an interesting perspective on it. If I knew I had a guy next to me that helped me make plays, because because he makes plays, but he helps everyone else around him make plays, I'm starting to get a little salty at the organization. Now, if I'm a guy who's playing because he's absent, like I'm okay with it. But the rest of those guys in that starting D, I'm looking around like, hey, at my at my employers, like you guys need to get this done. Like quick, quick pretty to cool BS. thing, right? In the clubhouse where you've got the players who have a chance to play when there's a holdout in a contract. Oh man, issue. yeah. Those guys are hey. Oh, he definitely doesn't deserve the extra two million. Correct, correct. You've got the starters saying, "Give him the damn money." I'm right. Um, all right, let's keep it moving. Let's let's. Uh, you have to see it. Did he just throw the up out? That is Butch Hobson. Butch. Oh, here he goes. Huh? He's just That's a check awkward. swing. That's a full swing. Oh, did he hit a dinger? He hit it. He oh, he's it's like back a, he's way, a career way back. Guy, too, by right? the way, how slow is he? Look at that limp. He's only barely faster than when he played. <laughs> Where is this? I would assume it's somewhere in the California Penal. Oh, Sioux Falls. I played in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, by the way. Um, I played for a team called the, the Sky Force. Sioux Falls you do Sky at night? Force. Uh, absolutely nothing. Just go right oh, to the yeah, hotel. There's, there was one bar that we went to and they knew us and we'd hang out at the bar. There was a cool Mexican restaurant. We'd hang out at the Six bar. Hour room service yep. at the hotel. We'd all over again. That's fantastic. That's good for him. By the way, he's going right to the cardiologist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David, let's keep it in the Major League Baseball. Um, keep it in Major League Baseball. We talked about the American League briefly, but let's move over to the National League because there's some pretty intriguing stuff. Great race. Yeah, going First on. I'm in forever. All three divisions up in the air. Yeah, so of the, like, the Braves, Phillies, and the Nationals, all kind of surprising for, for their own reasons. Like, which one of those do you think will emerge? I've been saying the Nationals the whole season. Yeah. I actually had them in the World Series. And I'm sort of off the bandwagon, and it hurts. But when they fell under 500, they finally beat the Cardinals yesterday to break the Cardinals' winning streak. They're eight games back. It's terrible. Yeah. I, I, they've got to be f within five by September 1st. That's the rule. When you run a team, you need your team to be within five games of a wild card or of your division to feel like you're in the race on, on September 1. And the Nationals just aren't showing signs of urgency. And I've talked about it for a few months now. In 2005, we had a great team with the Marlins, and we were waiting to turn it on. Yeah. And we always thought tomorrow will start, tomorrow will start, and all of a sudden it was September and we were finished. And that's what I feel like is going on with the Nats right now. They just don't look cohesive. I think there's some bigger problems there. Having watched the Phillies and Braves, 
They're both decent. Uh, can a team that gives up 25 runs to the Mets make the playoffs? Yeah. How's I, that going <laughs> to Right? Does that, by definition, work? Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a very good question. Did you get the Braves at 68-52? Like, Philly's only a game and a half back. Is that going to come down? Is that well, What is that going to come down? Is that pitching at that point? Is that stronger rotation, I mean, stronger bullpen? Pitching. I just think Atlanta is a better team. Yeah. And they, I thought they'd fade. I thought both these teams would fade, but they're not. Atlanta is showing strength. You've got Acuna. You've got Albies. By the way, Marcakis, Freeman, who could win the MVP. Right. You've got quality all the way through. They've had Fulton Avich, who's pitching well, and they just have a chance to be so far ahead of their rebuilding. That is exciting. And the Phillies, I just, I, you know, they started so tough with Gabe Kapler and all the crazy stuff he was doing. So they were calling for his head, right? Immediately, like day one. He got booed yeah. his first home game. Crazy. And now That's they, Philly. Where's hey Debo? You back there somewhere? Worst. Those Philly fans are rough, They're horrible. They are rough. I once got heckled in the sweet elevator at Citizens Bank Park yeah. by a person with his son in a suit. That always fascinated. Come on, me. man. Yeah, come on, man. Is right. That always fascinated me. The dude who sat there and heckled the hell out of you with his young child with him, and then as soon as you turn around and say something to him, be like, "Oh, hey, man, I got my, I got my kid here," and you're like, "Yeah, bro," but you're like. You're not setting. I never would say anything. I would just always say, "Would you like to take a photo?" (laughs) That was my way of always dealing with hecklers. Yeah, put them to bed. Very disarming. Yeah. Hey, does that mean you want want a photo of me? (laughs) (laughs) You piece of crap! You're the worst executive ever. Oh, would you like a photo? So, what do you do with that? I laugh. Um, All right, let's move into the NL West. Uh, So you got your Diamondbacks, sixty-seven and fifty-five. The Rockies are only a game and a half back. Uh, The Dodgers are two games back. What like uh, so? You got the D backs front end starters. The Dodgers obviously have the front end, but the bullpen's kind of been. We talked about that. N- not not kind of up to the standard. Um, the Rockies home and away. I think that tells the story in terms of their batting. Like what what is going to ultimately? Can I borrow this? an unshiny nickel from you. Do you have one, uh, Andy? Uh, no. Okay, because I was going to flip it. Yeah. And I was going to say that that nickel has warts, but someone's going to win it. Each of these three teams, they're not very shiny. Right. And it's a flip of the coin because they each of them has some issues. None of them are perfect. So who is going to come out of there? It should be the Dodgers. They got Machado. They got Brian Dozier. They've got Kenley Jansen. They're 12 and 14 since they got Manny Machado. Said it here on the queue. I may have even said on the podcast one day. I said, why why are you getting Machado as a position player? You need pitching. And you look at what the Dodgers have done, and their their relievers just stink. And Andrew Freeman knows better. You need pitching to go deep into October. And I understand that he wanted to fill a gap with Corey Seager hurt and wanted to get Machado because it's sexy. But you know what's really sexy? Jewelry. Yeah, jewelry. I mean, you would know. You Barry, have. do you have any idea how good jewelry looks when it's only thing on your body? <laughs> what are we talking about in here today? What is he talking about? Hey, Coke, what? Sexy. Sexy. I hear you, brother. Listen, the Rockies, right? Like, so when I went and played in Denver, Salt Lake City, you could feel the air difference, right? It hurts the lungs a little bit. It's harder to breathe. It takes you a while to acclimate to that. Therefore, like thin air, you see it in the kicking game and stuff like that when you're up there playing in a high stadium. In baseball, though, because the Rockies home versus away, you know, batting, is that a real thing there? Is that, does it have anything to do with that? Or is this just a team that performs better one place? It 100% has to do with it. They talk about the humidor and they do everything they can to quash the offense in Colorado, but it's real. When you're at home, it just, the ball travels differently. I've been to so many games in Colorado. It just 
sounds different. It feels different. You've got the huffing and puffing of the road team. It is a definite advantage for the Rockies. It always has been. They've just never been able to put it together on the road. And this year they're doing a little better. But uh, what I like seeing is the home run split because it makes you believe that, wow, maybe that it's not as big a difference. Right. But it really is. That's interesting. So we got some notable uh, series coming up this weekend. You got the Astros and the A's, Dodgers, Mariners, Brewers, Cardinals. Um, and we'll see if some of this stuff shakes out the way you said it would. Best thing about September is every day there's a big game. Right. And so we have now have basically two months plus of really exciting baseball. Really, I'll be tuned in for sure. I'm sure you will. Um, <laughs> we're going to throw it to break again. We're going to, ne- up next, we're going to have moving the line, a little five star Friday with Hannah and, um, and socially relevant. That's all up next on off the bench with Canel and Bell and sometimes Samson. All right. Uh, welcome back. Let's get to uh, moving the line. So we're going to talk a little NBA MVP odds. Uh, we're trying to find out, you know, where the value lies, who's your candidate, but what's too high and what's too low. So, uh, you have LeBron James, 10 to 3, uh, Anthony Davis at 4 to 1, Giannis at 9 to 2, James Harden 11 to 2, uh, Kawhi at 11 to 1, Russ at 14 to 1, Steph at 15 to 1, Embiid 16 to 1, and Kyrie 16 to 1. Where's my values with Harden? Yeah. I'm looking at 11 to 2 for Harden. I like that. You like that? Because I know that Carmelo Anthony is not going to be there. So Harden's <laughs> going to have to do it because he's had enough. And yeah. he could have won it last year. Yeah, but he he would he, he could have won it two years in a row. Yes. Yes, correct. I I'm going to go with so The only reason I'm not going to say James Harden is because he did win it last year and because he's got he's got Chris Paul. Although 11 to 2 is not bad. I like Joel Embiid as a sleeper. Um and I like Kyrie at sixteen to one. I mean, I, I, I was going to say that's the worst one for me. Why? I think Kyrie should be at thirty to one. And why? He hasn't played. Yeah, but when he, he play- could be comeback player of the year, he's electrifying though. But to go from not playing for the year basically to MVP, so here's what pretty historic. Here's what would have to happen for 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 him. He would have to like Gordon will have to come back healthy. Um, he's just got to be the leader. He's got to be the emotional leader of that team, and they've got to be the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. And if he plays well, and he does when he's healthy, he plays well, and he usually is the alpha because his skill set is just that unique. And in, in amongst like stars, and you're talking Gordon Hayward's, like Jason Tatum's a star, Jalen Brown is a star. Like these are stars. But in a, in a in a locker room of stars, he is the brightest star talent wise. At least twenty to one on him. Twenty to one for value. I like sixteen to one. I don't like. I mean, Anthony Anthony Davis at four to one. Um, I mean, he, he came on really strong last year. So, but there's the value is not in that for me, and I'm not a betting guy. Uh, and Giannis at nine to two. They've got to be good, and I don't know how good. You can't give uh, an MVP. Here's the rule: generally, you try not to give an MVP to a guy in Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, right? That's not good. General. Probably not good for anybody's right. league. It's really not. No matter like what the league. Unless, unless your name like is Luau Sindor. It was a beer league, maybe. <laughs> or Bratz eating competition league. He's really fun to watch. No, he is. A, I mean, they call and him the freak really for a reason. Good. Do you see how jacked he is now? I don't really love that nickname. Really? Yeah. The Greek freak? No, I, because it just, it just gives me an excuse never to learn how to pronounce his last name. Yeah, I mean, I hear that. But I mean, like I'm, even on our graphic, why do you think they only put his first name up? Giannis? There's not it's, enough, there's, right? Is it A-N-T-A-E-M-P-I-O-Y-Z? Antetokounmpo, Antetokounmpo. Never said it, can't say it, so he's not going to win the MVP. I think it's one of the top five NBA nicknames of all time, just, that's just me personally. What was Anna, your nickname? My, my nickname? Rara. Oh my god. <laughs> no wonder you're not in the Hall of Fame. It's the worst nickname. I wasn't ever. ever good enough to have a nickname, damn it. Hannah's five star Friday, let's go, get me out of here. <laughs> Wait. 
before we move on to Five Star Friday, I just need, can one of y'all just spell Ante Tacupo? Just try it mm. out. Give it a go. A-N-T-E-K-N-I-O-U-P-K-Y. Oh. Why? That's it. Done. Way to go. Well done, sir. Well done. And next time you're going to spell a stop check and we'll see how that one goes. So, so five star Q&A, you know how this works. Give us a review on iTunes. Give us five stars. Ask a question in the review. And no matter what it is, we have to answer it. We have some fun ones today. So first one is from Jared Wirtz. He says, do you think the Cowboys will get back on track and make the playoffs this year? If Raja was signed by the Cowboys this year, what position would he play? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I, I do think that the Cowboys are going to get back on track this year. Um, defensively, I think they got, what's the dude's name from, from, um, Chris Richard that came over from Seattle as like the passing game coordinator Not defensively. The to get him um, they got some young defensive pieces that I think are going to, that are emerging. Uh, you still got that offensive line with Tyron Smith, Zach Barton, Travis Fedrick. I, I expect Dak, although he took a step back last year at times, I think some of that was because he didn't have Zeke. Uh, and then, then clearly they were dealing with that Zeke situation and the hangover of that last year. So I think all of those things kind of get sorted out. You have some stability there. And I think they do get back in the, in the playoffs this year. Plus the NFC is, it's got some sorting of its own to do. I mean, the Eagles, you know, the Eagles are the Eagles, but they've got some injuries. And then you're, you're talking about the Giants in Washington. So, uh, I, I think they could be back in the mix in the playoffs. And then in terms of me, uh, I was going to say, you got to answer this part. <laughs> yeah, I'd be playing like left, like towel boy or something like Water that. Water boy? Yeah, I'd be doing something like Adam that. Adam Sandler. At this point. But in my prime, I'd probably be like, uh, I don't know, maybe like a possession I, receiver or something like that. Wide receiver. Yeah. Except you would never do any cross ruts. Never. It, yeah, I, I'm too scared. What? You'd get, you'd be in the hospital. You're trying me right now. Okay. I didn't have high end speed. I don't think I was like a four. I didn't, I, I couldn't stretch the stop field. and go guy. Possession, baby. That's it. Possession. Button hook. <laughs> At most. <laughs> Button hook. <laughs> All right. Next question from Rara in the Raptors. Rara, this sounds like you. Rara. Who's the most famous person in your cell phone? Both of you have Ooh. to answer this one. Uh, yeah, you probably have somebody more famous than me. I will say just off the top of my head, uh, Mark Anthony. Mark Ooh. Anthony, really? Yeah, that's a that pretty good one. That means you almost have JLo's. You, uh, yeah, yes, he is one, one step away you, from JLo. One day we'll tell the story of my dinner with Mark Anthony and Jennifer Lopez. Really? Uh, no, that I need to know urgently. It, w- after it was the show. outstanding. <laughs> yeah, mine doesn't. I don't have anything for that. He's got Mark Anthony. I mean, mine is like probably, I mean, it would either be Kobe, Steve Nash, or maybe our mutual friend Dan Lebitard. He's really famous now. You okay. see yeah. like they're not good. <laughs> they're not what? Kobe's great. That's a great No, Kobe's, Kobe's great. Like Kobe's I a good one. Like I don't have Denzel's phone number. Do you text with Kobe? Occasionally. Yeah, not as much Respond? as we used to. Uh, occasionally. Did you congratulate him on his Oscar. I did not. Okay. No, I did not. Count. I did not <laughs> on your phone. But wait, the one you time know. you're supposed I to I did not. I, I he won an Oscar. Oscar. I didn't even know he won an Oscar. When he won the Oscar. Care less about an Oscar? You're a heathen. Yeah. Wait, I was gonna say none of you guys said Danny Cannell. I didn't know he had a cell phone. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Another one from Rob from ATL. He's our boy. He said, could I convince you to take an Astros Cubs features bet at around plus 600? To what? To be in the World Series? I mean. What's the, what's the, what's the bet? (laughs) Yes. That's, that's an incomplete question. Yes. Let's just say it's that. Let's just say I bet, which I don't. Would I say the Astros and Cubs will be in the World Series at plus 600? Of course I'd make that bet. That means I get $600 for every $100 I bet that it'll be Astros-Cubs? Yeah, why not? Why wouldn't I do that? How much of a bet would you put on it, though, I guess would be the question. 
Mortimer bet always. Mortimer bet, huh? Yeah. A dollar. A dollar. A dollar. dollar. Feeling good, Billy Ray. Looking good, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question. This is from Mr. Three Hundred Five, Part Two. He says, David, what is your biggest regret with the Marlins? Oh, that's easy. Only winning one ring. Wanted to try to get a second. My and and a close second is having to trade Miguel Cabrera. God, did that hurt? I still think about that. Why did you have to? Like, what? What were the circumstances? Just, that? Just we had no new ballpark and couldn't yeah. afford him. Yep, it was bad. It hurt. Thanks for bringing it we up. We ended on a bad note. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. If I had another question, I'd bring it up now. But we're going to go into socially relevant, which is where I break down what's happening all around the world in social media. And this first one, you guys know I'm going to talk about it, and I'm 100% going to hate on it. So on November 17th, the sensational oh. Syracuse Orange face off against Notre Dame, and the Fighting Irish unveiled their new uniforms for the game. Take a look at this. It's in, This is all in spirit of the game being at Yankee Stadium. So Notre Dame's players are going to be wearing these pinstripes. No. Nope. Got pinstripes on their Out. sleeves, on their gloves, Out. on their pants. It totally replicates the Bronx Bombers. You can see even the font is just like the Yankees. So, guys, nope. can we all just take Out. a moment and say, "Go Orange"? <laughs> I, I will. I'm, I'm, I never represent Syracuse, but if they're wearing those uniforms, go Orange because that is garbage. Wait, you're gonna root for Syracuse? That is. Gar- Listen, David, be careful. They're doing too much with the uniforms. They're rooting for a rainout. What? I hear you, dude. Like last year, Notre Dame's unis when they did the throwbacks with like the old. The old school stuff, and they even had the Under Armour cleats that were like, like they looked like old leather brown shoes. Like I was on board with that, but the pinstripes, like I can't. You know why they do this? It's really interesting from a business standpoint. They want people to buy those uniforms, yeah. right? They come up with all these throwbacks. The NBA right now, I can't keep track. Every team has nine yeah. uniforms. It drives me absolutely crazy. You look at those Notre Dame uniforms. Who's going to buy that? Somebody will, though. I mean, they, they... seven people, all from Indiana. Seven people. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm definitely going to be rooting for Syracuse. I'm disappointed that there wasn't more talk about that, but it's okay. I'll bring it up later. We're going to talk about food right now because growing up as a Buffalo Bills fan, I had to have chicken wings every single Sunday. I still do it. But it, as it turns out, the NFL stadiums are now stepping up their food game. So if you look at some of the NFL options this year, the Kansas City Chiefs, they have Tennessee hot chicken mac and cheese. Huh. Ooh, ooh, we got a photo of this one. Yeah. Uh, Detroit Lions, they have dessert nachos. And, okay, those oh look okay. Yeah. Like, what is on top of that? And then the Green Bay Packers, they have brought in a blanket, which I no, would 100% you. pass on. So, David, what did you try with the Marlins? Well, we tried anything Cuban-related. Cuban paninis, pulled pork, anything you can think of. Just looking at those desserts and those that food options, I was trying to think to myself, why is America the least healthy country in the world? There you go. With everyone overweight grossly. There you have it. It's unbelievable. There you have it. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, but let me ask you a question. Like when I go to a game, I don't eat meat. So none of the brats, none of like the chicken panini, like none of that stuff speaks to me. So when I go to the game, my, my go-tos are, uh, I like soft pretzels. Um, I want to try the French fries. French fries say a lot to me about your pizza. Um, like Williamsburg Pizza in the in the yeah, uh, no, Barclays. It's all, it's all sponsorship related. Papa John's or Domino's. It's nah, dude. Williamsburg in the Brooklyn Nets Arena pizza is like I would wait. And real I, pizza? I don't wait in lines. I wait in the line for that. I'll wait in a forty person line to get some of that pizza. It's that good. Best pizza in in an arena. I'll say that like unequivocally. I'll put my stamp on that. Uh, but what's your go to? Me? Yeah. I am pizza sushi. Like, what's your last meal? That's the question we always ask. If you're going right to the chair, yeah. What's the last meal you're gonna have? It's tough. Um, for it would probably be a very, very good pizza because, like, I love, I, I love what pizza. What do you put on your pizza? Nothing. 
You go straight cheese. Uh, if I if I put anything on it, it would be like hot peppers, kind of like like banana Love pepper it. rings, maybe onions. Well, bananas are not hot. There's jalapeno peppers. Banana peppers are sort of normal. Well, they got long hots. Like you go to Anthony's Coal Fire and you get like the long hots. Yeah. Um, like you this. can get some banana pepper rings that have a little. A Once little in a while, right? Yeah. Um, I like onion garlic. I like onion. I like fresh garlic on mine too. Like I would do something like that, but I would like a traditional like. Like floppy New York style, like pizza. Wonder why no one will kiss us. <laughs> that's what we go Speak to. For yourself, bro. <laughs> uh, David, I was just gonna say, at Marlins Park, the Cuban coffee, the cortadito. That is my jam every time I go. Have you had one? I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. Well, this is oh all God, natural. My life, not one. natural energy. Raja, you you like this one? Gracious, <laughs> yo, yo, I love cortaditos. They're the best, bro. I'm bouncing off the walls for. I days. love when you speak yeah. Spanish like that. I really do. <laughs> That's unreal. That translates, by the way. Uh, the way you do that. You yeah, roll the R's. I roll the R's. I grew up in the Virgin Islands. There were a lot of. Uh, uh, there was uh, a heavy uh, Latin, and then I grew up here, and I had to take Spanish for like my whole life. So, yo, right, I'm un poquito, okay, yo. Yo hablo un poquito, my bad. I'm cutting you guys off. That is all for Socially Relevant. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Canel and Bell. Stay tuned. We are talking about leftovers, and I promise it doesn't involve any more food. All this and more coming up next. You're watching Off the Bench. All right. Welcome back. Uh, We're getting to a segment we call Leftovers. I'm hungry. I haven't eaten breakfast. Do you eat breakfast before you come in the morning? No. (sighs) I do this, go on the queue, and then I run, and then I eat. You go. So you don't eat until like 11? Uh, more like today, I have to go do ten miles as part of my training. What? Yeah. You you don't eat anything, and I'll have a t- goo. You're, bro, I don't even know what to say about that. Just don't call me bro. You can start with that, bro. Hey, bro. Okay, brother. You know who? <laughs> <laughs> you know who does eat? Zion Williamson. He's damn six. He like, can eat me. He's six seven, like two eighty five. Um, and he like he had his first exhibition game uh, for Duke the other night, and at half he had twenty one points. He was three for four from the three point line. Now the kid's amazing. He jumps out of the gym. He's the number five recruit in the country. But the interesting part about this is there are two players in his class that are more highly ranked than him, if you can believe it or not. I just see how well he moves for a guy that size, and <laughs> it's hard to imagine if that translates. He just doesn't seem this young. He looks but old. He's going to do a one and done, right? Yeah, he's, he's established with that. Right? He's certainly That's a one and big done. Duke. All three of those guys. R.J. Barrett is the one that, it, that he was the number one kid in the country. That's a one and done. That's all Duke does. Um, the the other the other young fella is is escaping my 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 uh, memory right now. But Zion is a freak athlete. I said it the other day. Possibly should be playing football. That's not taking anything away from what he does on the basketball court because he's fantastic. It's good to see his three-point stroke because I was worried that like maybe he'd just be an all-power type of player, like a Barkley-esque type of dude, but with he's more bigger, bounce. way bigger than Barkley. Oh, no, yeah, but I mean like style of play, right. just rough, rugged rumble, and that's not what they do anymore in the NBA. So he's going to have to he's gonna have to show this, this three-point prowess. Just keep in mind that you just called him freak, and we already established that Giannis is freak. Yeah. So you're overusing the freak. I'm gonna need which you to, means it's not a good nickname. I'm gonna need you to go with like not the heart, like not the J with the G sound. I don't even know what you call that because it's not Giannis. 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 Yeah. Giannis. You gotta work on your Does Greek. Play violin. Giannis. <laughs> my Spanish. My Greek. All right. Here's your boy. I'm gonna set you up and I'm gonna let you go. Uh, this is the JBA scam. So the JBA uh, is Lavar Ball's league, and this is a tweet from Thomas Duffy. He's a former J. Uh, Thomas Duffy, former JBA player Brandon Phillips, tells me the league only paid him about a third of what he was promised. He had to pay for his own bags on every flight, so he saved nothing. 
He's owed two more checks, but nobody's returning his calls at this point. This kid gave up his eligibility uh, for about a thousand bucks. The Ball family to me is just a disaster. They started this league and they're making promises and writing checks that they can't cash, both literally and figuratively. And my concern is the kid gave up his eligibility to play, but he also gave up his ability to get an education. Yeah. And this is not a big time player. And so right. he's not going to make the NBA. He's lucky if he makes any league overseas. And now no education, no future, and he's in bed with ball? Yeah. Three letters, WPE. What? Worst plan ever. I hear you, man. Brandon Phillips, look, any young kid, if you're not a first-round pick, like a one-and-done kid like the ones we just referenced that doesn't want to go to school for one reason or another. You have no business messing around with the JBA. Um, not just – there are plenty of leagues in Europe and places like that where you'll go um, – Turkey, and, Israel, you can, And you can make real money. There are places over there that won't pay you also, and you wind up having to come home um, – but don't like look, Lavar. I, I don't mind Lavar Ball. I think this one, the plan could have been decent if there was some backing there and there was some real structure to it. But he's just kind of shooting from the hip. You have to be not a business. I got to put some of this on Brandon Phillips and his camp, dude. You shouldn't have been messing around with Doesn't Jamar have Ball. A camp? What camp? Yeah, I hear you. He's a third-rate college player from a fifth-rate college. What camp? Not a college player anymore. That's the unfortunate That's, part. He's given up his eligibility. Zero eligibility. Um, Team Australia manager suspended for the Little League World Series for not playing every kid on his roster in June qualifying game. He also sleeping in the guest room. <laughs> it's his son who he didn't play. He had to go home and tell his wife, not only did your son not get an at-bat, but also I can't coach. And by the way, we're going to the World Series. Bro, at least he can't be accused of playing daddy ball, which is a bit like I hate daddy ball more than anything in the world. So I give the, if your kid ain't good enough, bro, I give kudos to you, cat. Don't play him. Broke a rule. And now he is in the doghouse. All right, dude. We're out of here for today. we got a big show on Monday, as always. Follow us on Twitter, at Canel and Bell, and subscribe to us anywhere your podcasts are found. David, thanks for hanging out. Thank you. Uh, guys, have a great weekend.